Hey guys, it's Olivia, back again with another episode of Goodreads. If you're a weekly listener, then you know this is a podcast that features a different book each week. If you're a new listener, then welcome. This week, we're going to be discussing different chapters of Grendel and how they correlate to a different philosophy and zodiac sign. Of course, just like every other week, I recommend you read the book and the blog before listening because it gives you important background information about what we'll talk about today. For this podcast episode, we're going to have three different speakers, each talking about a different chapter of the book. Just like every other week, we're going to have more information about the book on our blog, so make sure to click the link attached to the episode if you want to learn more about the book or check out where you can buy the books we talk about each week. For the first part of this episode, I'm going to be starting at the end of the book and talk about chapter 11, mostly because the zodiac sign for chapter 11 is Aquarius, and I am a proud Aquarius. It works out because we're actually approaching Aquarius season, which starts on January 21st. Before we get started explaining how Gardner uses the zodiac sign Aquarius to connect with Grendel and other elements of the chapter, I'm going to tell you a little bit about Aquarius. They tend to be individualistic, unconventional, and progressive. They are also known as one of the friendliest signs and are unique and unemotional. Grendel starts the chapter by saying that strangers have come by way of water. Not only does this tie into the individualistic and independent traits of Aquarius, but it also ties into the symbol for Aquarius, which is the water bearer. Another connection to the symbol of Aquarius is the story of Beowulf and Brecca. Unferth brings up a childhood story of Beowulf to try and humiliate him. The story is about how he lost his swimming competition in the ocean. Of course, he disputes this as untrue. On page 154, Grendel says about Beowulf, His mind, as he spoke, seemed far away as if, though polite, he were indifferent to all of this. As he observes Beowulf more throughout the chapter, he comments even more on how he is detached, reserved, and independent. Those three characteristics are the starter pack for an Aquarius. Grendel says again on page 154 in the paperback copy that Beowulf was an outsider, not only among the Danes, but everywhere. Just again reiterating that Beowulf, similar to an Aquarian, is unique and different. Grendel also senses that the Danes are bringing change and newness. Aquarius is the 11th zodiac sign and is the second to last in a zodiac year. It makes sense that Grendel fears there is a change coming because soon the year will start over with Aries. Grendel comes to the conclusion that he should be scared of Beowulf and if you finish the book then spoiler alert he definitely has a right to be scared of Beowulf because as we all know he will eventually cause Grendel to meet his demise in the last chapter of the book. For the second part of my chapter, I will be talking about existentialism. I have said the phrase, I'm having an existential crisis, more times in the past few years than I probably should have. The term existential crisis has its roots in the philosophy existentialism. Existentialism is basically a philosophical inquiry that explores the problems of human existence and centers on the lived experience of the thinking, feeling, acting individual. Existentialists believe that society should not restrict an individual's life or actions, and that these restrictions inhibit the free will and development of a person's potential. In Chapter 11 of Grendel, we see Grendel have his own sort of existential crisis. We start to see others, he starts to see others and himself as objects in the world, and starts to question the why he is here. He starts to intellectually struggle with his own existence. We see existentialism when he says, Am I not free? As free as a bird. And he is saying he believes in his own free will. He has set up his own individual rules for his life. And he says about the world, It is divided into two parts. 
things to be murdered, and things that would hinder the murder of others. He sees himself as the murderer, and everything else as either a hindrance or prey. By the end of the chapter, Grendel has come to terms with his role in the universe, the murderer. <laughs> he feels his purpose is to murder, and that that cannot be stopped. <sighs> That's all I have for you guys today. Thanks for joining me to discuss chapter 11 of Grendel. Next week, we'll be discussing another one of my favorite books, Six of Crows, so get to reading. But until then, here's Elise to talk about a different chapter of Grendel. Hi, my name is Elise Bain, and I'm an avid reader. Um, I feel like my opinion on books is really um, something that you should listen to because I'm normally right about them. Um, I usually like to read romance books, but Twilight and Harry Potter are two of my favorite book series. Um, I have been reading novels since I was born. I learned how to read about two months old. I've been reading novels since I was literally crawling. Um, Anyway, Grendel was not my favorite book, but it wasn't terrible. Um, I really liked looking and analyzing about analyzing his reactions to people and relationships that he would observe um and I liked seeing how he would react to it and seeing like what inferences he would make about people from his observations um but talking about zodiacs I'm a Sagittarius and I thought that my zodiac sign was represented okay in my chapter um I also thought the philosophy showed some aspects of Sagittarius also, so some of the aspects of Sagittarius I feel like I most relate to um, is independent, curious, straightforward, easily bored, scared of commitment, honest. However, that is one thing I have been working on for a long time and I am bad at doing is holding my tongue, Um, which I feel like Grendel kind of does in all the chapters. But, so this chapter I didn't think had as strong as, like, a Zodiac representation as some of the other chapters, like Aries, you know, where there was a literal ram, um, in the book. But this one had a little bit, um, and there were, like, little representations throughout the chapter. For example, Grendel would say something like, the days are an arrow in a dead dead man's chest, um, which obviously directly relates to Sagittarius because the symbol is an archer um in my opinion Orcus was was one of the biggest like Sagittarius symbols in that chapter um he was the wide old priest and he shows some vague traits of Sagittarius I think um he was overconfident um when he was like 100% certain that he had seen the destroyer um and he told all the other priests, you know, and they, he was like, I did, I did, whatever. Um, which I feel like shows some signs of Sagittarius. Um, and the other priests are quick to deny and judge. Orc showing the impulsive and honest side of Sagittarius, I think. Um, and then moving on to philosophy. I think the philosophy, Whitehead's process, was a good philosophy to pair with Sagittarius. Because Whitehead's process is all about, you know relationships and understanding everything through relationships and that everything basically revolves around relationships um and most Sagittarius are you know social and love making friends and relationships um and so I think that doing a philosophy that literally revolves around relationships is well fitting for Sagittarius 
Um, anyway, there are some of my thoughts on Grendel compared to my zodiac sign. Join us next week. Off to you, Sid. Amazing work, Elise. I'm Sydney Holzman, and you're now listening to the third and final part of a Goodreads podcast, Grendel Edition. In this part, we'll be talking about Chapter 5. Chapter 5 is all about connecting the zodiac sign Leo and the philosophy of nihilism to the book. I'm a Leo and love to learn about my zodiac sign. I would say I show a lot of traits of a Leo, too. But enough about me, and on to the book. At the beginning of the chapter, Gardner writes, No use of a growl, a whoop, a roar in the presence of that beast. I think this reflects on how the dragon shows the traits of a Leo. Leos are known for being dramatic and feisty and passionate. And personally, I'm a very dramatic person, but that's just how Leos are. While reading more into the chapter, you can see that the dragon definitely has a large ego and is self-conceited. The dragon believes he's superior to all and that his knowledge is the best. I would say most Leos don't like to be wrong. They are very, very stubborn. And I know this because I'm a stubborn person myself. Throughout the chapter, you're always connecting small things that relate to Leos. And I think Gardner did a great job of showing their traits. Now onto the philosophy of nihilism. Nihilism is an interesting philosophy to me. Nihilism is the belief that there is essentially no purpose in life. It rejects all senses of religion and moral beliefs. Basically, it's just that life is meaningless. In the chapter, Grindel says, They sense that, of course, from time to time, have uneasy feelings that what they all live by is nonsense. The dragon very much shows that nihilism is the way he lives by. He lives by facts rather than beliefs. He's practically the poster child of the phrase seeing is believing after observing grendel has some sense of doubt in the faith that the people of the mead hall have built the society around but in the end they're quick to ignore anything and they live in their picture perfect worlds sadly this seems to be the end of another amazing goodreads podcast we hope you enjoyed and come back to listen to another podcast in the near future For now, check out the blog and go read Grendel if you haven't already.